First You Think is a not-for-profit ministry of the First Unitarian Church of Des Moines. Support us at ucdsm.org today. My husband, Alan, and I were in California and had spent the day with good friends at the Big Basin Redwoods State Park in Santa Cruz. We love the magnificence of the trees that grow in the coastal climate in California. Some measure more than 300 feet tall and 50 feet wide in circumference. Scientists estimate that these trees may range from 1,000 to 2,500 years old. This is a picture I took that day. It was March, 2020. We'd spent the night in Monterey. The COVID numbers were starting to spike. The four of us looked at one another and decided we needed to head home. Our friends to LA and us to Iowa. The future was unknown, but we would rather be home. There, was no, there were no masks. Toilet paper was being whisked off the shelves. And if you happened to have Clorox wipes, you were lucky. Upon arriving in Iowa, I decided to make the best of the time at home and started with the goal of cleaning out one shelf per day. I started with our spice drawer. I got rid of old spices, straightened it, alphabetized the spices. It looked spectacular. Two years later, well, not so much. But most of the time I can find the spice I'm hunting for. But I quickly lost interest in cleaning out drawers. And instead, I started pursuit of other pandemic pastimes. What's your pandemic pastime? The daughter of friends of ours, Molly Wallace, is an artist and made boxes depicting pandemic activities. Her art was recently shown at the Waterloo Center of the Arts. Her father, Roger Munns, wrote an accompanying commentary. I will be using pictures from Molly's artwork and words from Roger's excellent writing. Words from Roger. The only way to get ahead of this disease was to present, prevent its spread. That is, stay home, isolate. Got it. We reread re -read epic novels like Lonesome Dove, played games. Some homes got organized, some others not so much. Streaming services flourished, and everyone learned to Zoom. Grocery stores don't devote much space to flour, yeast, and such. Besides, who has time for bread making? But by April, it was clear lots of people had time for that. And it wasn't just bread. It was sourdough. Yes, I made my first sourdough bread. After making several loaves of sourdough, I found they were delicious. But I was having to feed that darn sourdough constantly. Maybe I'd find something else better as the pandemic pastime. But other significant events started to intervene. On Memorial Day 2020 in Minneapolis, 46-year-old George Floyd was killed during an arrest when a white police officer, Derek Chauvin, knelt on his neck for more than nine minutes. Floyd gasped, he couldn't breathe. George Floyd was far from the only person of color to die needlessly at the hands of police. But when the video of this astonishingly brutal arrest went viral, demonstrations exploded and a mainstream movement occurred and it moved into controversy. Essential workers, 
Who had to go to work? Who didn't? Who was essential and exposed to the virus? The stay-at-home orders didn't apply to emergency room nurses or meat packers, transit and package delivery, postal service workers, and grocery store clerks. About a third of the U.S. adults were identified as essential workers during the pandemic, meaning they were required, were required to work on site. As a group, their wages were far less than the people that could work from home. The nation gave us thanks. Grocery store clerks were given hero shirts to wear. Yard signs thanking mail carriers were everywhere. The workers appreciated the sentiment, and many were thankful to have jobs at all compared to the millions of laid-off restaurant and lodging workers. On the other hand, the burnout rate among these essential workers was high, especially among healthcare providers. Many said a higher minimum wage would have been better than another round of applause. Late morning, August 10th, 2020. Iowans were amazed as the skies turned black. It wasn't the swirling bully of a tornado. Midwesterners know what those are. It was the ferocious winds and pounding rain of a rare derecho. Hurricane force winds of up to 140 miles per hour blasted a wide swath of the state. Cedar Rapids, the state's second largest city, lost an estimated 50% of its tree canopy. 10 million acres of the state's corn crop, more than a third, was ruined or damaged, and power was out for weeks for many. It was the third most costly weather event of the year in the U.S. August 20, 2020, Santa Cruz County, California. Big Basin Redwood State Park has suffered extensive damage as a result of the August lightning, lightning complex fires burning in Santa Cruz County. The agency said the park headquarters, historic core and campgrounds were damaged and the park is closed until further notice. Campers, visitors and staff were evacuated. Redwood groves have likely been impacted by the fires, but they do not know the extent of the damage yet. This was the last place Alan and I had visited. Ah, puzzles, a pandemic pastime that has lasted. Alan and I have done over 25 puzzles over the last two years. We bought puzzles, we exchanged puzzles, and got frustrated as some of them were just too difficult. And we also learn to be careful vacuuming in case we vacuum up a puzzle piece here and there. I'm the youngest of four siblings. Whenever there were family gatherings, there would be the obligatory sibling picture. During my 23 years in the Navy, there were few group pictures. I was always elsewhere. But nevertheless, we have always remained in contact and in each other's lives. In September 2020, my sister Alice was diagnosed with terminal cancer. I lost her in February. I wrote her obituary that morning, and the rest of the day I spent with her two sons looking at pictures, telling family stories, and because of COVID, what happened to many families, there was no funeral. I'm lucky my husband, Alan, loves to exercise. Alan and I would go work out nearly every day. We went to the gym until the COVID numbers got too high. We walked outdoors nearly daily. 
and my Fitbit numbers were really good. I was walking 30 miles a week. Nikki Keller was awarded this church's Unsung Hero Award in June. She was a hero for many of us in this church. The last time I saw Nikki was in October 2020 at Costco. We hugged despite COVID. We served on a committee together several years before and became friends. We'd have lunch and tell stories, war stories of women in business. I would hear about Nikki's daughters, Erin and her glorious singing voice, and Kara, the data analyzer extraordinaire. We had chatted on the phone periodically since COVID. In December 2020, I had called Nikki on Sunday to check in, but I just got voicemail. I found out the next day she was in the hospital with COVID. She texted me she was very sick. I talked to her husband, Dwight, several times, and he told me of her decision to go to palliative care. Dwight and Kara are in the back, if you'll raise your hands, if you will touch base with them and make them feel welcome here today. There will be a remembrance service for Nikki on September 17th at 10 a.m. Please put it on your calendar. The insurrection. On January 6, 2021, the Capitol in Washington, D.C. was stormed during a violent attack. The attack disrupted a joint session of the House and Senate, assembled to count electoral votes and certify the election of president. The Capitol was locked down and lawmakers the vice, and the vice president were evacuated. Police were overwhelmed as rioters occupied and vandalized the building for several hours. The attack was unprecedented. By March of 2021, the COVID numbers had receded. Alan and I were both vaccinated and headed to California, visiting friends and family along the way. For most, we were the first visitors they'd had in over a year. Freedom, friends. One of the fun things we did was to visit the light at Sensorio at Paso Robles. The Field of Light is a 15-acre walk through, walk through experience of 58,000 spheres of light lit by fiber optics, illuminating the landscape and with colors morphing on subtle undulating blooms. During that trip, we traveled to Yosemite and on up the Pacific Coast Highway to its end at the Olympia National Park in Washington. This country has some spectacular natural beauty. Empty tables and empty chairs. Bars and restaurants from the neighborhood tavern to the fine dining and everything in between were closed. Many businesses limped through the crisis by offering takeout or outdoor seating, and others were kept afloat by federal loans that were forgiven if they helped uh, support their workers. According to the National Restaurant Association, two and a half million jobs were erased from pre-pandemic levels. Herd immunity. Herd immunity occurs when a large portion of the community, the herd, becomes immune to the disease, making the spread of the disease from person to person unlikely. As a result, the whole community becomes protected, not just those who are immune. The consensus among scientists is that rather than making the long promised exit, the virus will most likely continue to be a manageable threat. Reaching herd immunity threshold now looks unlikely because of vaccine hesitancy and the emergence of variants. May 2021, 
Normal family celebratory events didn't happen or were truncated. Our grandson Eric's graduation was timed. Put on your cap and gown, show up at a specific time, and we'll give you your diploma by yourself. No pomp and circumstance, no cheers, no throwing your cap in the air, no graduation parties. I finally did find a pandemic pastime that stuck and that was ancestry. I have documents and pictures I've been loading into their database. I've learned about family history. I located a relative of Allen's that everybody in his family thought died in the 1906 earthquake in San Francisco. Not. I found relatives that fought in the Revolutionary War and for the South in the Civil War. When they can be found, I like pictures of those that came before me. This is my grandfather and great-grandfather, Elmer and George Clee, but those are stories for another time. The COVID numbers were still high in January 2022, but we began to see renewal and continuation. I became a great, great aunt for the first time. This cutie is my great, great niece, Zoe Wood, who was born in January 2022. Amy Anderson, our pianist today, and her husband, Dan, Dana Sorensen, became first-time parents in March. Twins. Let me introduce you to Ellis and Alder Sorensen. Do I have them? You can't see the picture, so I don't know if they're in the right order. And I returned to Big Basin Redwoods in Santa Cruz, California, April 2022. Thousands of acres of redwood trees in California's Santa Cruz Mountains are showing signs of life again. It's a sign of hope after the devastating 2020 fire, which closed Big Basin's Redwood State Park. The fire raced across 97% of 18,000 acres that make up the park. However, nearly two years later, nature, nature is showing signs of resiliency. Even after losing most of their leaves, the redwoods are growing new canopy overhead, and down at the roots, they're sending out new growth. They send out new saplings along a trunk, so they stump sprout. Then these little guys keep growing. In as little as 20 years, most people won't be able to even tell there was a catastrophic fire there. Big Basin has gone from lush green and black and white after the fire, but it's showing signs of comeback. With adversity, we find new ways of doing things. We'll retain some portion of working from home. Mask wearing will become more routine. COVID is receding from full-scale epidemic to epidemic to an endemic disease, but not yet just the common cold. We're relearning to socialize and meet friends and do things in person. For some, the transition is easier than it is for others. But the Redwoods survived, and with time will thrive for new generations, as will we.